Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. Thank you that you have a word to speak to us, God. I pray that it's your words and not my own. I pray that you do what only you can do, that you would impart your wisdom in each and every one of us, that you move us a little closer to you, that we get a little closer to you and a little closer to people every single day, God. I pray that you bless this time, bless each and every person here in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hey, so as we're talking about Serve Day, I do have an agenda. Some preachers have an agenda, and they don't tell you till like the end. I do have an agenda. My agenda is I would love for each and every one of us to be at Serve Day, to participate in Serve Day, because what you were going to get out of Serve Day is far more than you could ever imagine. I promise you. I've done this for many years now at the church that we came out of in Birmingham, and um, I love it. They do it in, in Louisiana. I'm originally from Lafayette, Louisiana, so that was the first church that I was at, and then went to this church they did. It was so cool to see it at other churches. I know what you're thinking. Some of y'all, when I said I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana looked at me like there's no way you're a Cajun wearing jeans that tight and I promise you I am it's just I've just been removed a couple years but um, so this is my agenda my agenda is to present to you what I believe God's heart is for us to serve this week and how I believe he's called us as the church to serve and to act towards the world outside so hey this first verse John 13 John 13, let me tell you, let me set this up before I start reading it. Jesus is about to die. He is going to be crucified. He knows this. Now, Jesus is a little different than you and me because I don't know about you, but if I knew I was going to be crucified the night before, I probably would, like, make sure it was all about me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd have a party or, like, I'd, like, get a massage or I don't know. Like, I'd do something that, like, I enjoy just because I just wanted to relax on my last night before I was tortured to death. Like, that would probably be me personally. That's not what Jesus does. Jesus, it was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He now showed them the full extent of his love. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, and he pauses right here, they're having a meal, the Passover meal, that takes place the Thursday before Good Friday. Everybody knows Good Friday before Easter, Thursday, okay, this meal is taking place, the Passover meal. And what they would do is then in the Jewish culture, they would sit really low to the ground. So probably the tables were about three feet to the ground. So instead of sitting at the tables, they would recline at the tables. Oftentimes in scripture you read they reclined as they ate. And you think like, what does that mean? Well, they would be laying down next to the the table eating food. The problem with that is if you're laying down, your feet are in somebody's face every time. And so thank God for chairs that we don't have that problem anymore. But... Um, and, and so what they had was they had a designated foot washer. There was a servant in the house that would come, and he would wash the feet of everybody that came in the door. At this particular juncture, though, someone has forgot the, the foot washer. And they get there, they get to the upper room, they sit down, and they, they know that they forgot. They begin to look around and realize, we, we, one of us has to do this, or else it's an obvious thing. Your feet are in somebody else's face the whole time. It's very obvious that you haven't washed your feet. And so they're all looking around, and they actually begin to have a discussion about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. They think Jesus is coming to establish his reign on earth at that time. And so they go like, okay, well, God, can I sit at your right hand? Can I sit? And they begin to argue over this. All the while, Jesus is watching them going like, you're missing it. Peter, you're about to betray me. Judas, you already betrayed me. Everybody else is fighting over positions. 
And Jesus does something remarkable. He gets up and he takes off his outer garment and he goes and he puts on a, a, a washcloth they would wear around their waist and gets the foot washing bucket. And they know at that point what Jesus is going to do. They begin to argue with Jesus. Peter goes, Jesus, you can't, I'm, you're not, I will not let you wash my feet. Because this was a job reserved for the lowest of the low. This was the job that nobody wanted to do. Probably much like today. I don't know about you, but I'm not down with washing feet. Like, it's just not my thing. Like, I don't know. I'm just not my party. I'll, I'll be the last person to volunteer for the foot washing duties. And so Jesus gets the bucket and goes, and he begins to wash their feet. And what he is doing, though, I love Jesus. He's so, he's so um, intentional with everything he does because he's doing something that he knows for thousands of years will show his heart. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. I've set for you an example that you should do these things as I have done for you. I love this because what, what he is doing is he is showing us that he loves us, not just saying that he loves us. And he didn't have to do it. He was about to be crucified the next day. He would have shown his love enough on the cross. But he makes it very clear here that in order for us to really love what we say we love, there has to be an element that we show our love. How many of you are married? How many of you... If your husband never showed you he loved you, would probably be like, there's an issue here. I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. All the honest ones were like, that's me right here. Um, so it is our desire not only to love like Christ loved, but to show love the way Christ showed love. What does that look like? I want to give you, I want to talk about what a servant is today. I want to give you three types of servants. There's actually seven that the Bible talks about. In the Greek, they've got all these different words. They have more words for, uh, than us. So, you know, they have love. They've got like four different kinds of love. In, in the Greek, the word servant, they've got seven different kinds. But I just want to give you three today. And I want to talk to you about what they are and how I believe they relate to us this week going into serve week. The first kind of servant, Mark 9, 35, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. And this word in your notes right there, doulos, is actually the best English word is bond servant. That word bond servant, really it, it, the, the, the only word you could better put to it is slave, but our understanding of slave and their understanding of slave are two different things. And so they put bond servant. Let me tell you what a bond servant was. If you were in debt to someone, then you could go and you could work off your debt. So say you owed them you owed $10,000 and you said, okay, I can't pay it. They go, okay, well, you come work for me. You can work off your debt. However, they could only work off their debt for seven years. And after seven years, it all restarted. It, it doesn't matter what you owed, okay, you, it restarted seven years. How many of you are glad that's still not like that? Because I would be working for American Express. Come on, everybody. You know? And all the honest people chuckled under their breath. Um, so every seven years, it would reset. So what would happen is at the end of seven years, some of these servants loved their masters so much. The masters treated them good. They were thinking like, this is a better life than I had before I came here. This is awesome. And they would go to their masters and say, hey, what do I have to do to stay here? I just want to keep serving you. I just want to keep. And they would become what the, what the Bible calls a bond servant. They would actually put a, their ear on a peg and they would pierce their ear and they wore this wooden dowel in their ear that marked them as a bond servant. And they would begin to serve. And Jesus says, listen, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the servant of all. You've got to be a, you've got to be a lifetime servant to everyone. And what is the principle here? The principle is this is a lifetime commitment. Being a servant the way Jesus called us to serve is a lifetime 
commitment, that it's not something we just do once or it's not something that we do. And listen, I know that it's not everyone's forte. There are some people, my wife loves to, like, serve projects are her thing, okay? She sees a need, she wants to go and fill it. She wants to go and help people. She wants to give, we go to New York City and she's just, like, handing out money to everyone. I'm like, you can't give all the money away, okay? We will be begging for money if you give all the money away. Like, she just hurt, that's her heart. We walk into a room and she sees the need. She'll go, God, that person looked like they needed this. Or they, that is 100% her heart. And, and I'm very aware that I am not, that is not my first reaction. I walk in a room and I see vision and I see leaders and I see, okay, what this could be. And, and, and God has gifted me and her very differently. But I'm well aware that she could serve every single day and it would fulfill her. And I think God has created some of us to serve that way. And, and for those of you, we have a small groups you should get into, serve small groups that serve people every week and it's awesome. However, for the rest of us, I believe it's got to be a practice for us to serve people. Because if we're not intentional about serving people, as humans, we're naturally all very selfish. It's very easy to revert to being selfish. All of us, if we could just do whatever we wanted to do, would just like lounge on the couch and watch Netflix all day. My wife, let me say this, my wife went out of town with all my kids two weeks ago, which is like amazing. Okay, if you're a dad, you got multiple kids, your wife goes out of town, you're just like, this is, I don't know even what to do. She's like, well, she calls me sometimes, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just standing in the kitchen still. I don't know, just... I don't even know what to do. Just, I'm not hungry. I'm just here, just enjoying the silence. Just, and so I did what every husband does. You know, you wear the same pair of drawers for four days. You lay on the couch, fall asleep. She, she calls, what's your favorite thing about being at home without us? And I'm like, honestly, you're not going to believe me. She's like, no, tell me. I'm like, no, for real? When I tell you, she's like, what is that? I'm like, I fall asleep to ESPN every single night. I lay on the couch, put on ESPN, and I, I love waking up at about 4 in the morning when it's turned to the infomercials, where now you're like, I don't know what that is, but I'll buy it. I'm just glad it's still on ESPN. Like, I love falling asleep on the couch, watching ESPN, wearing the same drawers every day. You know, I don't know what I ate. I don't even know if it was edible. Like, I'm just looking in the pantry for stuff. After about three days, you just turn, like, you just turn into, like, a caveman. You're like, what's this? Peanut butter. Uh, peanut butter. That's good. Like, I don't even, I'm not eating anymore for food. I'm just trying to sustain myself so I don't die until she gets back. And then she gets back, and you're like, hey, how was it? Oh, it was awesome. You know, it was great. And in your mind, you replay everything you did. It was just you being selfish, laying on the couch, watching Netflix, binge-watching ESPN, eating peanut butter with your hand, like, just doing whatever you wanted to do. So all of us, if we're honest, naturally will revert back to that place. And so Jesus goes, we have to intentionally make it a practice to serve each other. If you don't intentionally make a lifetime commitment to serve the world around you, you will by nature go back to just being selfish. It's a lifetime commitment. Number two, the word diakonos actually is translated deacon. And I don't know about you, the deacons in the church that I grew up in didn't, the, the deacons where I grew up in church were like the guys that were like outside in the back smoking cigarettes. Like they were not the, they were not the servant guys. And maybe you grew up in a church like that too. But um, the word deacon, the best translation of it is a waiter. Let me read this to you, Matthew 20. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And what he's saying is this word that he uses for servant, diakonos, the, the best depiction of it is this waiter that's going, hey, like, what do you need? You need, you need water refilled? Okay, you need, like, a fork? Okay, you need a napkin? And, and, and he's not worrying about himself at all. He's attentive to the needs of everyone else. And Jesus goes, my heart for you is that you would be so attentive to the needs of everyone else that you're not worried about your needs. That you're trusting me to fulfill your needs while you're worrying about taking care of everyone else's needs. So what does that look like? That looks like if you're on the way to serve day on Saturday and you see someone pulled over on the side of the road because their tires popped, you just found your serve project. 
It's being attentive to the needs. It's, it's find a need and fill it. Find a hurt and heal it is what we always say. Which is just find somebody that needs something and take care of them. Make your job going, I want to find somebody that has a need and I want to fulfill that need. If it's someone walking home, hey, why don't you hop in? I'll take you, for, I'll take you home. And, and if it's somebody that's pushing a, a shopping cart, hey, let me help you do that. And our job is to just be so attentive to the world around us that we don't have time to be selfish. Because I don't know about you, most of the time, my problems, when I get stuck in my problems, I don't know if, if you're like me, but you can get fixated on a problem. You have your own set of problems, and you start thinking about them and thinking about them, and, oh, man, this, and woe is me, and why well, I can't believe I did this, and I got to do this, and this happened. And, I gotta, and you start getting so caught up in your mind that I'm so reminded in those moments to go, I need to look outward and see the rest of the world because I'm sure there's a lot of people that have a far greater need than I have. I'm sure there's people that are in far worse situations than I am. And it's probably what most of us teach our children. My son, when, when he gets frustrated about something, he'll be like, this toy broke. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? There's some kids that don't have any toys. And, like, that's a shock to him. He's like, they don't have any toys? I'm like, no toys. He's like, what do they do? I'm like, they work. He's like, at five? I'm like, at five, they work all day. And they don't have water or food. He's like, how do they live? I'm like, that's a good question. I don't know all the answers. Okay, I'm just telling you, they don't have toys. And, and I'm so, I'm, I want to remind him that no matter what situation he's going through, if he would just turn his attention outwards and realize that there is a far greater hurt probably in his area than what is going on in him. And many times the cure for our ailments is to turn our attention outwards. And when we begin to serve people, it fulfills something inside of each and every one of us that God put there. Have you ever done something for someone that fulfilled you? It's why they say it's better to give than to Receive, because when you give, it does something to the inside of all of us that God uniquely put there for a reason. I will never forget the first time I gave something to someone. I, I don't know why. I, I literally, it is burned in my mind. It's one of my clearest memories. I was probably eight years old. I was on a school trip to the New Orleans Aquarium. I'm going, and there's this inner city school that's there, and there's this, they had this little, like, gumball machine where you could print a penny or something, and, like, you turn the crank and spit out a penny that was flying. And so, like, I went to this private school, so, like, we're all lining up and, like, you know, getting our pennies. And then I see this, this kid come in that's from one of these inner city schools, and he's there, and he's messing with the machine. And I see him put in one coin, and he realizes he doesn't have another coin. He needed, like, 10 cents. And I'll never forget in my mind going, like, I have 10 cents. Like, I want to give this kid 10 cents, and then he can get a coin. Like, I got a coin. Like, I was a kid. You know, I wasn't thinking, like, I'm going to do something good for somebody. I'm just a kid thinking I have something he needs and I can help him. And I will never forget for the rest of my life the look on his face when I gave him that dime and him going like, this is for me? And, I, and as, a, as a seven, eight-year-old going like, this fulfilled something on the inside of me that I've never known before. Something just took place on the inside of me that felt really, really good. I want to do this for people. And each of us, when we have that opportunity to do that, when we give something to someone that they can't do for themselves, when we help out in a way that someone could never have helped out themselves, it fulfills a part of you that God created so that we don't live a selfish life, but that we live a life that is directed outwards. It's a life, the principle is a life focused on the needs of others. And then this, this, the, the last servant, Hooperades, is what we call an under rower. An under rower, Acts 26, 16. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. How many of you have ever seen Ben-Hur? 
You ever seen the movie Ben-Hur? Remember that? Some of the older people see Ben-Hur. If you're going to watch it, set aside three days to watch it because it's like 12 hours. Like it's not, I don't know, it's the longest movie ever made. And there, there's a scene in there, though, that they're under this ship and they're rowing. And, and it's these rowers. It's what they call the under rowers. And there's this guy with a drum and he would like set the pace, you know, and he'd be like, double speed, boom, 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 battle speed, boom, 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 boom. And like these guys are rowing down there and they're making the ship move. They're doing all the work. But the thing behind it is that they're completely anonymous. No one knows who they are. I believe that God has called us to serve like this. The principle for this is we want to magnify Jesus and not us. Serving people isn't about Valley Rise Church. It's not about Christian Aranza. It's not, it's about serving people because people need to be served. And I think sometimes people want to be a part of the project. They just don't want to do the project. And that's not how it works. I always get frustrated when I get around pastors and they're like, yeah, I just kind of oversee this. I'm like, well, okay, oversee pastor, grab you a hammer and go help everybody. Cause like, we gotta, we gotta fix this. We gotta paint this. We gotta, cause God has called all of us to do it, not for our glory, but for his glory. And I think when we can position ourselves to go, God, I want to serve people in a way that I'm anonymous, that nobody sees me, that we as a church can go and serve people. We is so much better than me. We become so much greater when we make it not about us as individuals, but about Jesus getting the credit and the glory. God set Paul as an under rower. Paul, who would go on to write half of the New Testament, who would go on to build most of the churches that, that, that were around then, he was almost anonymous in his time. Nobody knew who he was. But God had set him to do things, to do the work, to get the ship where it needed to go, but for Jesus to get all of the glory. The principles magnified Jesus and not me. Those last three blanks at the bottom, a lifetime commitment to serve people's needs in such a way that magnifies Jesus and not me. I love that. And then I want to give you some things. What is the heart of a servant? I was thinking, what, is, what does the heart of a servant look like? What does it look like to really be a servant? I experienced this a couple weeks ago. I, I just had, for some of you who were here about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I was wearing a, a shoulder sling. I had surgery on um, my, my labrum and my rotator cuff, and which is, is, is horrible because then you go through physical therapy. And if you ever want to know what hell is like, go through physical therapy. Like those people need to get saved. And they're, I'm sure they're nice elsewhere, but I'm only being serious. Um, and... It is, it is a, it's a process. You go through this, and I mean, they're like, it's rigorous. But when they first do it, you can't do anything for you. I'm left-handed, and it was my left arm. So, like, I literally could do nothing for myself. My wife had just had our third child two weeks before, ten days before my surgery. I know what you're saying. That's horrible timing. I'm well aware now, okay? And so she has C-sections, so she's on the couch. But in my, in my guy mind, I'm like, oh, 10 days. That's for sure enough time for her to, like, get better and then, like, be able to help. We can just figure this thing out. I don't know. And, and, and the process of healing from that, looking at her and seeing the way that she served me, I remember thinking, like, God, you're, you're, too, you're too good to me. Like, this is the heart that she has to serve our family blows me away because I'm sleeping in a chair because I have to. She's like laying on the couch next to me and she's like, I'm just, I'm gonna sleep right here just in case you need anything. I'm like, no, no, I promise you can go sleep like in the bed. Like I'm fine. I've got ESPN on. I love falling asleep to ESPN. This is awesome. And, and she's, no, I'm gonna sleep right here just in case you need anything. And then watching her get up with our child to feed our child and then getting up to get me my medicine and this selfless serving that I'm just going like, you are way too good for me. I keep waiting for you to realize this or like me to wait up from this dream people always go like God, Alex is such a servant like how did you get her I'm like I think she's drunk I think she's been drunk for eight years I don't know I met her at a bar I think she was drunk I think she's still drunk that's all I can figure out but um her heart to serve and I realized some things about the heart of a servant 
Number one, a servant puts service over status. Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. A servant puts service over status. It doesn't matter if she gets the credit. It doesn't matter if you get the credit. It's I want to serve not because of who I am or not because of what I get, but just because Jesus has called me to live a life of service. And if Jesus, the night before he died to save all of us, could go, I want to set an example for you and show you what real love looks like, then I believe as believers he's called each and every one of us to do the same thing, to serve people, to love people in a way where we don't get the credit, he gets the credit, where it's not about the status, but it's about our heart of service. Number two, a service... A servant puts character over comfort. A servant puts character over comfort. I love, I love this. A lot of people, when you talk to them, like, God just wants me to be happy. I'm like, God does not just want you to be happy, despite popular opinion. God wants you to be holy. And if you're happy, that's awesome, too. But God's desire for all of us is to grow our character. And, and for those of you that have kids, you know when your kid comes in and he's like, if you let him do whatever he wants, he would be very comfortable. He'd just have no character. I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he's telling me about his son. And he goes, let me just tell you all this. People in, in, in Louisiana are a different breed, and I'm from there. I mean, like, I'm, I'm, I'm half Mexican, half Cajun. I'm a Mexicoon. My dad is from Houston. My mom is uh, from Lafayette. I'm a Cajun, okay? We're just a different breed. And I'm, I'm, I forget it, and then I go back there, and I remember it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, whew, all right. I love Houston. And I'm having a conversation with this guy, and he goes, man, my son – my 12-year-old boy, man, he's just so awesome. Like, he's just so obedient. He just, oh, he doesn't give me no trouble. I'm like, well, what, what does he do? He's like, man, let me tell you, he wakes up at like 10 a.m., sits down, plays his video game till like 2 in the morning. He don't give me no trouble. That's all he does. I'm like, oh, okay, well, seems like good parenting. I don't know. <laughs> and, and he's telling me how he just plays his video game all day. And I'm going like, as I'm reading these notes, I'm thinking he has comfort but has very little character. God is always designing to stretch us and grow us in areas. And I don't know about you, but when God grows you, it's never fun. I'm like, okay, God, can you just take me to heaven like this? Like, I'm not really smart. Like, I didn't really do a ton of stuff, but, like, I was a nice guy. Like, I, and God is always going, no, my desire is to stretch you. My desire is to grow you. My desire is to make you better as a person. Every single day, God is growing our character. This story in Luke, Luke 10 there once was a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way down the same road. But when he saw him, he angled across to the other side. Then a Levite, a religious man, showed up. He also avoided the injured man. A Samaritan traveling the road came on him, and when he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid and disinfecting, his, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn, and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. What do you think, Jesus said? Which of these three became a neighbor to the man attacked by the robbers? The one who treated him kindly, the religious scholar replied. Jesus said, Go and do the same. I love this story because what he's really saying is at the end of the day, it's not about your title. It's not about your position. It's not, there were some people there that thought they were godly. There were some people there that thought they were Christians. There were some people there that thought they had it figured out. And Jesus looks at all of it and goes, if you're not serving the least of these, though, then you've missed it all. If your heart isn't to help, if you don't have compassion and see, if your heart doesn't go out to people when they're hurting, then you've missed it. Because my heart is that your character, regardless of title, would be, I want to help the hurting people. 
And I'll tell you, at Valley Rise Church, my heart would be that we're a church of people that helps the hurting people. That no one can ever look at us and go, it's a great church that has great Sunday services. But that they would look at us and go, this is a great church that impacts their community. That they're a great church that loves to help people. That they're a great church that sees the needs of people around them. And that has a desire to meet those needs. Because I can tell you as the pastor, that's my heart. My heart is to fulfill the need that Jesus gave to us, which is to serve people, to be fulfilled in serving, and to create opportunities for us as a church to do that, just like this Saturday. A servant puts character over comfort. Number three, a servant puts we over me. How many of you know, if you want to get a job done well, do it. Do it with yourself is the, the adage, but I say do it with a team. Do it with a team. A servant puts we over me. Listen, having the ability to do something is great. Having the ability to do something together is far better. I love this verse, Acts 2. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Why do we do serve day? Why do we do what we're doing this weekend? Is because we is always better than me. What I can do by myself is nothing compared to what we can do as a team. We can knock off a whole list of things this Saturday that the school does not have the ability or the means or the money to fix. And we as a team can step in and go, hey, listen, this is our school. I don't know about you. I get personal about this. We went to this thing with the superintendent, and he said, like, each church is going to pair up with a school. And, you know, like, if, if you all want to serve in that school. And so they give us a list. They're like, some of these schools already are taken, you know. And I look, and there's, like, another church by our school. I'm like, ah, oh, excuse me. I don't even know who these people are, and we're there every Sunday. So... You can take this church off the list. Like this, I'm just, I'm getting mad. You know, I'm like, this list doesn't mean anything. Like this, everyone, turn your list back into this guy. This list is stupid. Uh, this is my school. This is, I'm, I, I, I'm passionate about us serving this school, because this is our community. These are our students who walk through these halls. We pray over the administration. We pray over the principal. We pray over these students because we believe that God with a group of people like this can do something amazing in a school like this. And that a school, why, people ask me, why do you meet in a school? Because the school is most of the time the center of the community. The school is most of the time where people get, their, their kids are at and their parents are at and they're spending time at games and they're doing, and we look and we go, if we can make the big, where can we make the biggest impact? Where can we go that's going to make the biggest impact, change the most lives, that we can serve the most people, that we can be a part of the most things? Let's get plugged into the school and do everything we can to help them. We is always better than me. And then number four, a servant puts worship over wealth. Servant puts worship over wealth. Then the righteous will answer him. Matthew 25, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes? And clothe you. When did we see you sick and in prison or go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. A servant puts worship over wealth. I believe that God has called us to put worship over wealth. To show that our heart is to serve this community. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they look like. That we can step out there and go, hey, we want to be a church that reaches out to people. We want to be a church that helps people. We want to be a church that sees a need. My heart is once, once we get up and going within the next year, we're going to do mission trips. And if you've never been on a mission trip, I encourage you, you need to go on a mission trip. Because it will change the way that you see your life. We went to, I went to Bolivia a couple years ago. And they said, we're going to take you out to these villages to go visit people. And you get out there and you see firsthand the lives of people that you just go like, I can never be ungrateful a day in my life. Like there's people living in a broken down, like, like cardboard boxes and just like, like whole families and kids, like three or four kids coming out of this thing that looks like it should be just like a little outhouse. And, and you just go, what? 
oh my gosh, like, because God has called us to see the needs and the hurts around us. And because we is better than me, we as a church give a percentage of what comes into missions. So I always say, I've never been to India, but my giving goes there every week. Because there's people that we support around the world that we go, listen, we may not have a ton right now, we're just starting, but we want to build it in from the beginning that we are about blessing people who have a greater need than we have. And we have a desire to see the world around us changed. This Saturday, we have an opportunity to do that. We have an opportunity to, as a church, put on the same uniform, put on these awesome Valley Rise blue shirts as they serve day on the back of them, and send them out all around the school and the community to see change happen in this area. We believe that it's God's heart, that there are people that will never walk in the doors of this church until they see us serving the community. That until they see someone walking down the shirt, down the road with a, a serve day shirt or picking up trash or helping change a tire or, or painting a building, that they're going to go, wow, I want to be a part of something like that. That's about more than just a Sunday. That's about a lifetime of service. And I believe that God has called each and every one of us to have a lifetime of service, to have a heart of a servant, and to step out this weekend and begin to serve our city and our community. I know this was a little more teachy than normal, but I wanted us, I'm, I'm, I have so much value on what Serve Day is. It means so much to me personally. I love watching it happen. There is nothing greater than when everyone is in one place serving and painting. And it, it, I'm telling you, it will fulfill a part of you that has never been touched. And I ask you that if you have stuff to do this weekend, cancel it. Be at Serve Day. It's going to do more for you than you could ever imagine. God is calling us as a church to serve, and we're going to serve, and we're going to serve well. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, thank you for every single person here. Thank you, God, that you've given us opportunities to serve the world around us. You've given us opportunities to serve our community and to serve our city and to be a part, God, of something bigger than ourselves. To be a part of the we and not just the me, God. Thank you that Jesus, just like you got down and washed the disciples' feet, that you have called us to live that same life. We can't say we're believers, God, if we don't do what you modeled for us to do. Today, God, I pray that you open our eyes to the needs around us. I pray that as we go throughout this week, we see the hurts and we see the wounds and we see the areas that need help and that we can have opportunities to step in and be that for people, that we can have opportunities to step in and serve our community, serve our families, serve our neighborhoods. God, I just ask that you would open up doors that only you can open so that we can fulfill a part of us, God, that you created to be filled by service. Now, for those of you here, maybe you're here and you just go, Christian, you're talking about serving people. You're talking about what it looks like to be a believer. I've never known a Christianity like that. I've never known a relationship with Jesus like that. Maybe I've known religion or maybe I've known church, but I've never known a relationship with Jesus that was selfless. A relationship with Jesus where he believed in me, where he wasn't mad at me, he wasn't angry at me, but he was for me, and he loved me. With every head bowed and every eye closed, it's between you and Jesus, but if that's you today and you say, Christian, that's me, I, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus like that today. Would you raise your hand for me? Amen. You can go ahead and put your hands down. And now I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. And listen, you can pray it under your breath. You can pray it out loud. As long as you mean it, this is between you and Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me enough to lay your life down, to pay my sin bill, to raise from the dead, to give me freedom. 
Today, Lord Jesus, I choose to serve you. I choose to give my life to following you. To love you with all of my heart. And to serve the world around me. Now, God, I just pray for every single person that just prayed that prayer, that you could do something in them, God, that there would be a shift inside of their heart, that they would be new, that they would see the hurts around them, God, they would love you and they would serve people and love people with everything they have. God, I pray they'd get a little closer to you and a little closer to people today. Bless every single person here in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being here with us today. I encourage you, be at Serve Day. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so cool. It's our first Serve Day as a church. Um, the date on there obviously is wrong on the bottom of those notes. It's, it's um, the 14th this Saturday, 2018, not 2016 like the bottom of your note says. UPS still hates me, by the way. Um, and so, hey, listen, if you came prepared to worship with your giving today, we got three ways that you can give. You can give in an offering envelope. You can give at valleyrisechurch.com. Click the giving link, which a lot of you do, the majority of you do. You can text Valley Rise in the amount to 77296 and get set up that way. This doesn't happen without you. And I say it every week because there's new people every week. I will never ask you to give anything. The Bible says that each man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. And so what I say every week is you ask God whatever he wants you to give. Whatever he tells you to give, we trust that God's going to take care of us. Hey, let's pray over this, and then we'll let you get out of here. Dear God, thank you for every single person here. Thank you for every gift and every giver. Thank you, God, that you're able to take what we do as a church and multiply it. As we give out to the world around us, God, that you're able to take care of us. I pray that you would just bless every single person here. Let this be the greatest week of their life. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.